Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. We have breaking news here on the score. The Bears are firing offensive coordinator Luke Getze. You know, the growth and development of the of the offense, you know, to me, uh, needed to be uh, better than what it was. And, you know, to me, you know, you look at the passing game, certainly that's one aspect of it, and that's where it is. And uh, we decided to move on uh, from that. And, again, that was my decision. David Hall. Then Bears coach Matt Eberflus expected to return for the 2024 season. League sources tell him. Yeah, so it's, it's my call, and what I do is I get with, you know, George and Kevin and, and give my input, and the nice thing about this, we were all on the same page. I mean, I think the way you arrive at the decision is that you, you start at home first, but I have confidence in him. I have confidence in, in, in Ryan and their working relationship, and so what you have to do is to make sure, as I said, can you create an environment? Can we help each other? to be able to pull together to create a bond. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 670 The Score. Not to patronize. You guys are the best duo on the radio. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Well, the Bears had their big powwow, and that was certainly an interesting thing to see and to listen to. And five more coaches... I believe fired. They now are up to seven for the season. If you consider Alan Williams, who was kind of forced to resign to be one of those coaches. So seven new coaches for, uh, for Matt Eberflus, Matt Eberflus back. We heard from him. We heard from Ryan Poles. They were together. Most of the questions go into polls and, uh, and certainly it was interesting to uh, listen to Kevin Warren uh, after the fact, and, um, you know, all in all, David, it was a kind of Bears-like news conference. The only difference, they just sat there forever and answered every question. Morning, Molly. Yeah, uh, it was a long press conference. Nobody can complain about them cutting off the questioning early. They addressed every issue. I don't think the answers uh, met everyone's satisfaction. I think when you look at Kevin Warren talking after Maddie Refluse and Ryan Poles, is he still talking? Because he talked a lot. I'm not sure how much he said, but right. he did talk a lot. And I think when you step back and you look at all that was said and how it was explained, the biggest winner of the day was Matt Eberflus because I think that was the biggest story. Matt Eberflus being retained, to me, was a bigger deal than Luke Gessie getting fired because of how – how much we wondered the longer it went if they would take a big swing. And so 
Matt Eberflus was a big winner. The city of Chicago came out looking like it was a winner based on Kevin Warren's comments about the stadium. We'll get to that. Yeah. But I think overall, it was the first time that in the year that Kevin Warren's been on the job that I really felt like there was an inca- incompatibility between the rhetoric and the result. That's the, that's the problem. And I, I don't want to go full cynical mode here, and I, I don't want to be like – How many of those have you been through? A lot. A lot. How many coordinators have you seen cast asunder? (laughs) It's a long list. When you can look at the list of coordinators for the Bears that have called play since in the last 20 years, that's how long I've been here. There have been two guys who have been there for three seasons only, and that's Ron Turner. Ron Turner. And John Shoup. Yep, John Shoup. So Dick Duran was incredibly loyal to John Shoup. There's been a lot of days where you see those news conferences and you're cynical and you, you, you have the similar reaction. I thought that this year would be different because of the presence of Kevin Warren. And when you talk about big dreams and ambitions as it relates to the stadium and your football operation and you retain a coach who's 10-24 and 24 in two seasons, I understand why they did it. And I, I even think it's defensible and justified. But you have to adjust your rhetoric. You have to be able to read the room. I'm not sure that I came out of that understanding the ambition with the execution. I think that the you're correct that Dick Duran's uh, – Dick Duran. Matt Eberflus surviving is the story of the day. Matt Eberflus surviving. The fact that they have to replace half the coaching staff, the fact that they – Nobody, nobody can sell losing like the Bears, and I, I felt they were selling their losing. I felt it was all hopes and dreams, and everybody wants to come here. You know why? Because we're on the way up. Because we got all this draft capital. Because we're gonna be the the next hot team. I, I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. I have heard that. For about 30 years, David, to be mm-hmm. brutally honest about it. And I think um, that when I, when I look at, um, at where the Bears are at, I can't, I can't sit here and tell you that they are in sync. I, I can tell you that they all like each other and they all kind of decided that they were going to change the coordinator. There was no there, – there, you know, the, the – the, News, if we're going to call it news, is that they the coach survived. That's news. Uh, Jalen Johnson's not going anywhere. That's news. The um, the stadium thing. Well, you know, I'd love to do it in Chicago. That's interesting. That's news. That's interesting. But it, that was that. I didn't expect that. But is any of it a long term answer? Is the coach? who's facing kind of a, well, it's got to be better this year. 2024, they better be ready to start the season. Yeah, they, they better, better be yeah. ready to win close games. Right. And, you know, who are you hiring? How advanced is that process? you got to get to that. There are actually some really good candidates well, out there. That, that is true, too. And I think the quality of the candidates 
that will become available, and some already are. Shane yes. Waldron from the Seahawks. That's a real good. That's one. a really good that, way to that, pivot. If they if they bring him in, that's pretty good. And you know, Sean McVay sneezed on him at one point. I know. I think that Shane Waldron may have gotten coffee for Sean McVay there at one point. There you go. So there's this, there's the connection. That's how it's done. But I think when you look at a guy that called plays for Pete Carroll, but the numbers aren't great this year. There are all all kinds of statistics you could point to to be be skeptical about Shane Waldron. But around the league, he is respected, and he does meet a lot of the criteria, which is why, Molly, when we go back to this conversation before what we heard yesterday, all of it was, well, you need the alignment with the offensive coordinator. You know, who are they going to get? I still maintain, and I think Shane Waldron's a good example of this. This job will attract quality candidates because of the opportunity to potentially work with the number one overall draft pick. And I don't think the job uncertainty – the future with Matt Eberflus and the contractual realities and all that, that can be overstated. And I think that if you look at around the league, there's going to be offensive co- coordinators and play callers that view Chicago as a real opportunity. Yeah. I, 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 you know, not only that, maybe you come in, you do a good job and you get your, your the guy you're working for, it, you get his job. I, I use I, it as a springboard. Here's the problem. As a career catapult. The problem is that they lost 10 games. Double-digit losses yet again. Right. And they did lose that game at the end of the year to the Packers. I know uh, that Kevin Warren didn't take the tag off his bag uh, for for a few days because he wanted to see it and remember what happened. It It is – I got to tell you, David, you're hiring seven new coaches. So, it, it, you know, the, the – Defensive coordinator did a good enough job to that you want him around. That's basically what I heard. That's and, the head coach, and that's well. That's, <laughs> but it's is he? Yeah. Did he do a good job as the head coach? Well, if he's got to fire everybody, he's got to do year. a better job as the head coach because the the ticker, the assistant coach ticker, is at ten after two seasons. Yes, he's had to. Re- that's ridiculous. He's had ten coaches come and go. That's not the way to inspire confidence. <laughs> And I think they didn't do an adequate enough job of explaining or accepting responsibility for that no. kind of turnover. No, they blame I, one guy. I, I don't really – while we're looking at what Kevin Warren said and relating it to the assistant coaching situation, I also – if there's one area that I thought that it was incomplete or inadequate in the way he addressed it was when he lawyered up about Allen Williams and then all he said was that he was a fine man, I, I wondered if there was a follow-up. We'll talk to Big Z Grody and Mark Potash today. I wonder if Kevin Warren, if his relationship with Allen Williams compromised at all his judgment in talking about him or in the way that was handled. The, it, it, because I, I felt like he did lawyer up. And you have to take responsibility for something that was that big at the time and remains a, – that's a blot on Matt Eberflus's resume. That situation, he brought him into the organization. And then Allen Williams embarrassed the organization. And they forced him to make changes in the staff they weren't prepared to make. You don't go into the season expecting your head coach to call defensive signals. Now, all's well that ends well. Matt Eberflus benefited from that adversity. Sure but again, did. stop taking credit for adversity you created. That's the problem. That for is for the surviving problem. the adversity that you create for yourself. That is that, and it happened all over the place. Listen, you know, I, I I'm. Not going to sit here and tell you that, like, oh no, they lost Luke Getzey. I don't feel that way at all. I, I, nobody I think, does. Yeah, I think that they they did what they had to do, which is move on. But 
I now the now you're out of sync. Now you got a head coach who's a defined defensive minded head coach. Hopefully he'll hire a, an offensive coordinator who has done the job before, who is not just moving up. And there are a lot of different possibilities. Yep. But hopefully you'll hire one who will be able to look at the draft class and give an opinion about who fits best and what they do best. This multiple idea that they expressed. That is that that's supposed to be every coach in the league. You're supposed to eventually get to an offense that works best for the players that you have. And the idea that it took so long to get there is, you know, so what if if uh, if things had happened differently earlier? I just think that if you're giving everyone leeway and you're now you got now you're out of sync again. Now you got a coach who could be fired after next year, and he's going to be. Doing what exactly with trying to figure out the quarterback? Reading human being? Well, he's a human being. I, I mean, it, it, a lot of it, a lot of it was was noise. Okay, I, I understand why you'd say that. Here's what I uh, and how about this one? Matt Eberflus said that it was his decision to get rid of Luke Getzey, and Ryan Poles said that it was his decision to keep Matt Eberflus. So. Everything was done by committee, and everybody just had the same opinion. I don't necessarily believe that. Has that ever happened? I don't necessarily believe that. I think they have to say that. I think that it it was difficult for Matt Eberflus to fire Luke Getze and the offensive staff, everybody but Chris Morgan and the tight ends coach. I, I think that Matt Eberflus was strongly persuaded to dismiss the offensive staff, and it was probably – uh, I don't want to say against his better judgment, but I do think that it was difficult in the execution of the firing. It didn't sound like it. It, but I, I think he probably he read he he, he read the writing on the wall. No question, he had to do that. Yes, but I'm just saying it wasn't easy for him but, to do. I know that. But he never said anything like that because he talked about he talked about the the uh, the development, the growth wasn't there. There wasn't that. It wasn't there, so we had to make the move. I, I, I mean, David, you could have thrown the guy a bone of some kind, and they didn't do that. I, I you know, when asked about Alan Williams, you you saw the the team president kind of throw him a bone. Yeah, there was a little bit more humanity shown toward Alan Williams, the guy who embarrassed the organization exactly. more than Luke Getzey, who who did not uh, he did not do the job, but he always represented the Bears in a first class manner. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying there. Here's the one thing, big picture, that I also came away with that I was struck by. And, th- and this might not be fair, but it was my reaction. I feel like the Bears right now are, are on the verge of something potentially very special. Yes. They are turning the corner because they have draft capital. They have the number one pick. I agree. They have cap space, and they have a defense that you can use as your identity and you build on your foundation. I didn't sense that they went into this public forum with an ability to project for an hour and a half. They were more in a defensive posture than they were with selling what was good and telling us why this season was the beginning of something that everyone's going to enjoy in Chicago. I just didn't feel that vibe. I didn't get that kind of energy. And it is maybe an intangible, and maybe it is all we're reading too much in the communication skills or lack thereof. But I wanted to sense authority, assertiveness, and confidence that the Bears are on the verge of breaking through. 
and they were answering a lot of questions that had related to what they didn't do. Yeah, let me tell you something. Rather than what they're going to do. All of this, everything in the, with the dog and pony show yesterday, all of it comes down to whether they make the right decision at quarterback. That is, that is really the only question. And whether that's Justin Fields, they did a good job of defending Justin Fields while also sort of understanding the reality that they are in a unique situation. And you hear the general manager, he's not going early. He's not He's not taking you know, it to if April. You, if you want the pick, call me. We <laughs> call can me. talk. We'll talk until but, April. Yes. <laughs> but, Molly, they did do a nice job of, of, of making Justin Fields feel appreciated yes. and what he's done. But let me ask you this. He's gone. Is that the question? <laughs> how, do you, how do you dismiss an offensive coaching staff because your offense failed and is stagnant and in the same breath say we're going to bring back the quarterback and give him a third offensive coordinator in four years and he was the guy running the offense that went nowhere? I, I just don't think it's realistic unless they find – unless something dramatically – Something happens dramatically in the pre-draft process of vetting Caleb Williams, and it still could. Yeah. Or Drake May still yes. could. Yes. What they did yesterday, they protected themselves, but it wasn't a full-throated endorsement for Justin Fields yesterday. No, it wasn't. No, it was. It was. We are in a unique situation, and we got to look at everything and what's best for the. They're trying to thread the needle. They're, it's it's a difficult thing to do, but they, you know, if you were in the Fields camp, got to keep Justin. You are delighted this morning because you heard some things that you believe. If you are in the the camp that they need a new quarterback and that this hasn't worked and every play has to break down for them to be successful, you heard what you wanted to hear. They did a good job of basically telling both sides exactly what they want to hear. They have some practice in doing that because they spent last offseason in a similar situation. Yes. But – this is more, this is more uh, pressing of a matter because there are different quarterbacks available, and you're one more year into the Justin Fields evaluation. era yes. and evaluation. Yes, and there are some financial realities that, exactly that are right. coming around the corner. That's it. And you, you, it's more than just committing to a style of play yeah. or forgiving uh, a, a quarterback for some some uh, passing deficiencies. This is about if you go with Justin Fields next year, you're going down a road that you have to be ready to pay him sooner rather than later, and that's a big commitment that I'm not sure they're ready to make. Yeah, I, it's going to be really interesting. I, I mean, I, I feel confident in saying that they're going to have a new quarterback. I don't know that it's going to be the first pick in the draft. Um, I think that the way that he was talking – would lead you to believe that he's suspicious? Is that the word? He's just apprehensive, maybe, is better, about Caleb Williams. Aware. Caleb Williams is the number one pick. No doubt about it. And I think So when you hear him say that stuff, that's kind of what he's saying. He's acknowledging the skepticism. He's acknowledging the suspicions, yes. if you will. He's acknowledging the noise around this prospect, and he's vowing to figure out Fact, what's fact and what's fiction and what's what's myth and what's reality. Because, you know, a lot of the stuff about the father, we don't know. A lot of right. the stuff about what kind of guy he is, we don't know. You can find a, coaches quoted as saying he's a great guy to have in the locker room. You can find guys saying that, you know what, he's a problem child. Ryan Poles 
has to find out with his staff exactly what makes him tick because it is a different environment in Chicago. This is a market that can be unkind to quarterbacks, and you better have a thick skin, and you better have mental toughness. Those are things you don't know about Caleb Williams beyond the other measurables that you can see on tape. The tape doesn't lie, but you need to see him in person before you're sure. I think there's a lot there. I I am not arguing any of that, and that's called doing your due diligence. I mean, that is, that's incumbent upon any draft meister to make sure that you have that question answered before you bring the guy in, right? And I and I think that that's it's good to know that that you are going to go through that entire process. You know, you're not trading the pick. In February, you're not trying to get out of the uh, the business of, of learning all this stuff early, regardless of how good the deal may have been. He was asked about C.J. Stroud a couple of times. The first time, he wanted no part of it and, and wanted everyone to know that he wasn't talking about other teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question is, are you going to pass on a C.J. Stroud again? That's really what the, the mm-hmm. question is, and how do you go it's about it? good question. It's an excellent question. <laughs> and on the second go-round, he kind of defended his trade. And look at all that we got out of it. And it, at some point, someone said, if you looked at this time last year, the number one overall pick was a consensus. And everyone knew who it was. And then there ended up being a car accident. And all of a sudden, Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter yes. fallen like a rock. Right. And the Bears passed on him twice. Right. They traded down, still could have had him, and passed on him again. So I just I think we all need to be aware of the limited amount of work they apparently did uh, in the, in the uh, draft while trading down. It is an interesting question and debate whether or not Ryan Poles had he taken C.J. Stroud with that pick and held on to it rather than all of the other assets that he acquired by trading down, which we're all celebrating as and calling one of the best trades in Chicago sports history. But on the other hand, if you have a guy like C.J. Stroud, I think this is the intent of the question and the spirit of it, would you complain about not having a right tackle? Would you complain about not having maybe another piece? You would have your quarterback that you have searched for would for decades. In, would you be in the playoffs? You might be. Because he's in the playoffs. He's in the playoffs. And you've got 10 losses. And a year ago, the Texans were saying, where are we going? We're going around and around in circles because this is a franchise that is stuck. They got the quarterback, and it's amazing. They're unstuck. They're headed places. And and I think the life lesson out of that is that as much as you say it is all about we want to build something that's going to last, we want to – move up and then still be great and we're going to do it that way that's all fine and well but if you have Patrick Mahomes you're going to be in the playoffs and the Super Bowl pretty much on a yearly basis and close to that every year if you have Patrick Mahomes that's the reality if you have Joe Burrow who's calling plays for him who cares yeah if you have uh Josh Herbert who what do you uh, Josh Allen excuse me Justin Herbert guys like that yes Yes. who are transcendent players. If you can draft a transcendent player at number one, all this other stuff will fall into place. If you have a quarterback, a generational talented quarterback, you start the season eight and eight, and then it's how good can you get and fill other holes, and that will determine whether it's 12 wins or, or whether you're going to be uh, 
eight, eight and nine. In that, in that division, the conversation will always include the playoff possibilities if you have the right quarterback at the it's right it. time. It's it. Yep. And look at the NFC, man. It, it's wide open right now. That's why I think this is an exciting time. We can pick apart and parse every language that we heard yesterday and every sentence that was uttered. I, I think overall, though, this offseason is exciting. There should I be great totally energy agree. at Hallis Hall. This will set the table for the next five years. And if you get the right quarterback, that it, you're going to have a lot of feasts at that table. Yes, I think that's a good way to put it. And the ambition is there. I just felt like y- you, you talk a good game, Kevin Warren, but then you did retain your head coach. So I think you, there was a balance there that I wanted him to strike, and maybe that's expecting too much. But he did talk a lot. I just wanted to hear him say, I still am not quite sure what he thinks of Matt Eberflus. There's no extension coming. Right? Ah. Did you hear him say that? Ah. I, I, I don't think they're going to extend those secret extensions for the head coach. Did he put it in those terms? No, but I, that's what I heard. I don't think that there will be. I don't think that there should be. I don't think it's conceivable. He's 10 and 24. And if you come to that conclusion, guess what? Then you need to make sure that your coach and your quarterback are on the same timeline. Otherwise, you're going to be having, you know, we're keeping this guy. We're going to let him draft a quarterback. Oh, they we're going to fire him, but we're stuck with the quarterback. So the new guy... Has to coach this quarterback. History would be repeating it's itself. Too much. You saw it with Mitch Trubisky. You saw it with Justin Fields. Too you don't want to see it with quarterback to be named later. See, this is the problem, and that's why the whole thing was it was it kind of there was an incongruity when you talk about how much you want to win and you're desperate to win. And God, when we were when we were with the Rams, you know, we lost a lot, and then we lost a lot. And then we discovered a Hall of Fame quarterback on the roster. Show me that Hall of Fame quarterback. Show me the next Kurt Warner. Show me the next Pro Bowl quarterback in town. And I'll accept all of those explanations as as ones we can trust are going to happen in Chicago. 312-644-6767. We're going to let you talk about it. We're going to do the pick six first. We're going to do the extra point first. But we're going to get to you and your thoughts on what you heard yesterday I'd be curious to know how many people stayed with the whole thing because I think, you know, I felt contractually obliged, but I kind of was running out of gas at one point. <laughs> Come on. 90, is, 90 minutes plus. God bless them. All right. We love to have information, and we'll pick it apart, and we've got all the stories of the day and the pick six. A lot going on in the wide world of sports. It's Mully and Haw on the screen. Hey, Mel, Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy! Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget just as soon as I... Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. What was your biggest takeaway from the Bears' end-of-season news conference featuring Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, and then Kevin Warren? Can you give us one thought on each guy, please? Yeah, I thought that um, I thought that Poles was good. I uh, I enjoyed some of the stuff he said. You know, obviously the headline maybe is that they're uh, they're going to. There's two headlines: Jalen Johnson's coming back. That that you're going to hear that. I mean, if if that doesn't happen, uh, you're going to hear that one quite a bit. Um, I think the idea that he's taking it down to the wire with the quarterback stuff, good move. That's a good good move. Um, Kevin, or excuse me, Matt Eberflus, you know, I got to tell you, there were times when I felt like he wasn't even on the stage. I mean, it, it's isn't it weird if you're sitting there and you're hearing people talk about your future and how long you have? He he dodged the hangman is what happened this season. That is the reality of it, whether, you know, I mean, what was it? Like the third or fourth game of the year where the, well, you know, they're going to fire him if he doesn't win this game. I don't think he's going to last the season. Well, the Bears have never fired him. There's always precedent. So I think that that's how bad things got for him, and now he has his job. You know, they lost three games that, that combined – there's like a 0.01% chance that they could somehow lose all three of those games. They were in the 98% in one case assured of winning, and they somehow managed to do it once, twice, three times a lady. So that's a little bit of an issue. Um, and then as far as Kevin Warren is concerned, I think that um, I think he's good in front of a microphone. I think we've heard some of that stuff. I'm still waiting for the axe to drop and for him to start treating things a little differently. Um, 
I, I wouldn't mind an impatient Kevin Warren. I know he's he says he's impatient, but he's pre- preaching patience. So, uh, I, you know, again, if if the head coach doesn't win next year, there there's nothing left. There's no reason not to kind of jump on it. So uh, pretty interesting to hear from each one of those guys. And, of course, I thought the building stuff was interesting. And I don't know if that's negotiating or if Kevin Warren really believes the Bears need to be downtown. All right, so – I could have done another 90 minutes. I I, I enjoyed what I was hearing. Um, They were being very honest. David, you pointed out you can't complain that they cut him off. When the reporters were done with questions, that's when the press conference ended. And and, and that was different, something different. That doesn't happen a lot up at Hallis Hall. Okay, Ryan Poles. Four quarterbacks that he's identified. Four. Yeah, that was interesting. Who who are the four? I really want to know. We should all make a list of who we think those four are. And obviously, in that four, is Justin Fields part of that four? Matt Eberflus. It'd be really cool to have a rookie quarterback taking snaps from a rookie center. Really cool. Okay. Kevin Warren. (laughs) Chicago is definitely in play for the stadium where the Chicago Bears are going to play next. Really cool. What did you mean by really cool? Like do you, that's that, what the, I'm quoting. I, I mean, that's what I know. He you said. Quote, I know that's what he said. But do you think that that imply that he's looking forward to that possibility and that is in play? Yes, yeah. it, I think that's something that he and Ryan Poles definitely talked about. Really cool answer there, Dustin. Thank I, you. I think the biggest takeaway uh, for me was that the Bears are in an enviable spot, and I think they should embrace that more. I think there should be a, uh, a, a, the the tone can be more even positive than it was. This seemed to be a little bit of a defensive posture. Some of that is the questioning. It went on for a long time. But I did feel like the biggest takeaway was that I don't – maybe this is unrealistic, but I don't think that next year at this time we're going to have the same type of postseason press conference. I think the Bears are going to turn the corner this offseason. It did instill a little bit of confidence, and I felt like you, there's there's right to be cynical, and there's, there's a lot of things that aren't compatible. But I feel overall, well, you can get past those if you draft the right guys, and you do feel like Ryan Poles is in a position to draft the right guys. So, Ryan Poles, one thought on him. He's better with experience. He handled himself in the questions about having the number one overall pick and balancing that with the incumbent quarterback – he is better with experience. I liked that. Matt Eberflus, the biggest winner of the day. Didn't have to say a word. Didn't say much. And probably was better off saying less, which we got more out of. Matt Eberflus was definitely the biggest winner of the day. And that was the biggest story and headline. Bears retain Eberflus, even bigger than Getze. And Kevin Warren, he's a political animal. There's no doubt about it. And the biggest news that he dropped, Dustin, is exactly right. Chicago. Back in the mix, whether that's realistic or not, or just posturing and leverage, I think that that was interesting. You know, I, I knew that question would come up. What was your reaction to Ryan Pohl saying he did not contact Jim Harbaugh and... We're going with Matt. Incomplete explanation. I think that it was awkward. I give Mark Potash a lot of credit for asking the question. Everybody wanted to know. You're sitting three feet away from the guy whose job... You just endorsed, but you may have explored his replacement anyway. 
they're going with Matt. They never called Jim Harbaugh. I don't know if that meant they didn't check through back channels if Jim Harbaugh were interested or available. But had to be asked. It was answered. It was very abrupt and awkward, and they wanted to move on. And I think everybody probably should. Those of us who wanted Jim Harbaugh in Chicago, who understood uh, what he represents and how good of a coach he is, and wanted Kevin Warren to take the big swing and you know try to realize those dreams that he talks about, a little disappointed, but I understand it. Ryan Poles didn't have to explain it because he was sitting next to the guy that he believes in. Do you believe him? Are they lying to us? David, you just talked about back channels. Also found it interesting that um, and disappointing to a little bit that Kevin Warren said, we know, we know Matt. Oh, okay. So you, you but you also, he knows, he knows Jim Harbaugh. There was a lot of there was a lot written, a lot talked about that part of the dream of Jim Harbaugh becoming the next Bears head coach was Kevin Warren was going to be the problem. Kevin Warren and Jim Harbaugh didn't get along when they were in the Big Ten together. So he knows Jim Harbaugh, so maybe Kevin Warren squashed it and said not even an option to Ryan Poles. Maybe that was something else. But I think while I think Ryan Poles does a very nice job up there, I think he could have done a better job where he could have said, I know you're going to ask me about looking outside of Hallis Hall for the next head coach for the Chicago Bears. That didn't happen. I'm 100% behind the guy to my right, and that's Matt Eberflus. See, that's the answer I was looking for. Wasn't Eberflus to his left? <laughs> I'm sure he was, just to correct me, but right. I'm making a joke. Um, look. It, it, it it's um, it's a criminal offense if he didn't find out what Harbaugh thought about it and what the price would be and what you know. You telling me that you had already made the decision going into the thing that we're definitely staying with Matt Eberflus. This is working. That tells me that you like your job and you like having people answer to you or talk to you about everything, as opposed to bringing in someone who may do a better job and who may want your job while doing it. And I don't blame them for that, but if you're not looking around the landscape and trying to figure out who's going to be available, you know, part of your job as a general manager is to have a list in your pocket in case Nick Saban retires on you. You better know that's coming, and you better anticipate that uh, that something is going to happen, especially in a year where coaches – seem to disappear for reasons at Hellas Hall that made no sense. I, I hope he has a list, and I hope he knows what he's looking for. Um, I, I would have contacted everybody. I mean, there are back channels. There are ways of doing it. But if you didn't take enough time to figure out what the alternatives were, then you really weren't doing your job. Who's his agent? Trace Armstrong. You know how this works. The agents can talk yeah, to agents exactly. and figure it out. Don Yee think, can talk to Trace yes, Armstrong and yes. figure out what exactly we're looking at here. And Trace Armstrong can communicate that to his client in Chicago. And you know what? They can plausibly deny ever having contacted Harbaugh. Who is uh, who is Matt Eberflus's agent? Mm, <laughs> Trace Armstrong. Yeah. So that, that not that a conflict of interest? And is he allowed to be a better agent to uh, to one guy than the other? Wouldn't it be incumbent upon him to uh, to say something? Yes. I'm sorry. What do we got? 
Well, we have Adam Schefter breaking in on ESPN, breaking news on the score, brought to you by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com. Bill Belichick and the Patriots agree to mutually part ways. Well, (laughs) curiouser and curiouser. The headlines keep coming. I'm telling you. So we got got Belichick. We got... uh, the uh, the the like Belichick. Let's be honest. If you're putting together a Mount Rushmore of NFL coaches, he's on it. Ditto Nick Saban for college coaches. And by the way, Pete Carroll, the oldest coach uh, in the in the NFL right now, but out in Seattle. That's a really interesting group of people. And one of the best coaches and examples of making the leap from college to the NFL. He, that guy. Jimmy Johnson, Pete Carroll. That nobody guy, did it better. That guy could be on a Mount Rushmore of that. <laughs> exactly. And Today oh, I get a positive question from you. is a day that I'm going to be happy. And, oh, by the way, we have a little bit more breaking news in the chat for you guys. Oh, no. Don't do that to us. Can't you just say it? <laughs> I'm sure I wanted you to say it, but oh, the Bears are going to be playing in London in 2024, officially. Whoa. Well, at least they're not going to be playing in Brazil. Will the game in London, does that mean that uh, that Cairo Santos could miss that because he's in Brazil? <laughs> the, bigger, gonna, the bigger question is, and, 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 and that's got to be a Bears yet. home game. That's got to be because the Bears, it's the NFC year. I think that they would not give the Bears an extra home game. I think the Bears will be the home team in that. If if I'm well, that's it's my, just a guess. That's my question. I knew that, it was that, coming. That's the biggest question to me as a Bears fan. Is that a is that a game that won't be played at Soldier Field next year? Yes, because you've got what nine of your games are road game or home games, and you got eight on the road. So you could even that up. That's what they usually do. Is if you have an extra home game and you're going to Europe, it's it's on your dime. No Vikings at home next year. They'll be in Europe. Do you believe Matt Eberflus when he said, oh, I'm sorry. Did you like hearing Justin Fields get multiple votes of confidence from Poles and Eberflus yesterday? I did think Justin got better. I think he can lead this team. Uh, But at the same time, there's a unique situation where I have to look and our staff has to look at everything. Will that feed both sides of this Fields argument? What will the Bears ultimately do, keep him or replace him? Yeah, that's a good question. I think they're going to replace him, and I think that it was nice the way they did that. They also said that, you know, they loved that the players were behind him, and they said that they can't that they can't let emotion get involved in the decision. Again, this is a math problem. This is nothing against Justin Fields. They treated him with respect, and maybe they, they – um, maybe they uh, – end up ultimately um, deciding that that, uh, that he is the guy. They don't like something about uh, Caleb Williams, but I would imagine that that uh, they're going to use the first pick on a quarterback. My opinion. I believe that um, they're going to end up holding on to Justin Fields. They're going to draft a quarterback. They're going to bring a quarterback in, but it's not necessarily going to be the number one overall pick in the draft you're choosing chaos yes okay because that would be chaotic look they said everything that was respectful of justin fields 
and the support that he has garnered in that locker room. And that was smart because players want this quarterback back. Fans certainly do. But I think that when you say you're going to remove emotion from the equation, you're saying that for a reason because it's necessary. And you're saying that because you know that that's what you're going to have to do because you understand based on the football consensus that there is a elite quarterback there to be taken with the number one overall pick. And that's likely the direction you're headed. Barring barring anything drastic being revealed during the pre-draft process, which is still in play, which is still very possible. So you're trying to strike a balance that's very difficult to strike. You're trying to thread a needle that just can't just so. And Ryan Poles, for the first time in addressing that part of it publicly, I thought did a nice job. It's not an easy position to be in, but it is an enviable one. You also have to maintain for the trade market uh, the the illusion perhaps that you love this quarterback and you want to keep him potentially because you want to make it seem like it's hard for you to part with him so it does keep the trade value high so I thought he did a nice job and he was respectful and he gave Justin Fields that kind of uh respect that he has earned we'd have to wait and see we had to see where it is but uh I mean yeah good question do you believe Matt Eberflus when he said it was his decision to move on from the OC Luke Etsy you know, the growth and development of the, of the offense, you know, to me, uh, needed to be uh, better than what it was. Believe uh, Matt Eberflus? I don't really, to be honest with you. I, I think that head coaches are loyal to a fault. And I think that if Matt Eberflus had his druthers, he could talk himself into the idea of bringing Getty back because football coaches live in a bunker and, and they see things uh, that – the rest of us maybe don't always see. And so I think his loyalty to Luke Getze um, probably clouded his judgment. And I think he had to be talked into this. And I think that there was a, uh, that might have explained why this took as long as it took to get to the podium and explain it. But he came around because I think he was persuaded to come around. I don't know if his job was in jeopardy or if Kevin Warren got involved and said, you got to get rid of somebody because we can't have the status quo and talk about big dreams and Super Bowls and all of that by bringing back the same staff that went you know, 7 and 10 with a bottom 10 offense and all of the questions about the play calling. So I think that Matt Eberflus, like a lot of head coaches around the league, probably was persuaded uh, strongly to get rid of his play caller. And, oh, by the way, fire the rest of the staff too, but keep the offensive line coach, which is interesting. We'll get into that detail later, but – the offensive coordinator that you're trying to attract, having him inherit an offensive line coach isn't the most ideal situation. No. Can I, because, can I say breaking news? Because no. We have breaking news. Uh, this is according to Tom Pelissario. The Bears requested an interview with Seahawks offensive coordinator Shane Waldron for their offensive job per source. With Pete Carroll out, Seattle's assistants are now available. Chicago moving quickly after making a change. And breaking news on the score is presented by BetQL. Will smarter bets start with BetQL? Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Is that three breaking news? Pretty good. Thank you, BetQL. Yeah, I don't think that was just Matt Eberflus's decision. I remember the the video that was floating around 
we're doing this over and over and over again. You could read the lips of the general manager, Ryan Poles, up in the uh, the box that he watches games at. He's not a fan of Luke Getze. And I don't know who's a fan. I also believe that uh, Justin Fields had a role in Luke Getze no longer being the uh, OC of the Bears. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I met Ibraflus. You you do what you have to do to protect your job. So there's a little, uh, you know, CYA going on. Guy got launched, and you want to take credit for it because otherwise it looks like you weren't on board with the decision or you weren't the one that is calling the shots on his own staff. You know, thank you for that question. Oh, you're welcome. We're here for you. How would you characterize Kevin Warren's role in the process after hearing from the Bears president? What was your impression of his message? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of working on that. I think he said a lot and he didn't say a lot. I think he wants you to know that he's super competitive and that he expects the Bears to win a year from now. He didn't say that, but he said it. He talked about teams in the playoffs. It sounds like without saying it, the coach has got to win and get to the playoffs if he wants to keep his job. And um, I find that really odd timing, frankly. I, I liked what he said about the city of Chicago. I don't know if that was a threat to Arlington Heights. They still own the property there. Um, that's probably the place they'll end up. But it's nice to hear nice things about Chicago. I think he's involved in every single little thing that happens up at Hallis Hall. Everything. There is nothing. There is nothing too small. Um, and if you're watching the Bear right now, everybody's talking about it. But it's one of these like when a decision is made, call me. So like, there's no decision too small that you need to run by Kevin Warren. It happens in a lot of businesses. There's a lot of micromanaging going on. I think when you talk about the president's role in this uh, off-season project or plan, I think he's involved in every aspect of it. I think you're right, Dustin. I think the offensive staff being cleaned out, except for Chris Morgan, probably um, was something that Kevin Warren was involved in nudging the coaching staff to do, Matt Eberflus, and maybe even Ryan Poles. I wonder what he thought about retaining the head coach and if that was – a nod to Ryan Poles, who I think wanted to retain Matt Eberflus. I don't know where Kevin Warren stands on Matt Eberflus, despite the rhetoric yesterday. Yesterday, the rhetoric was lofty. It maintained that kind of lofty status that he always brings to the to the microphone. But there's theoretical and then there's practical. I don't know that I, I don't know. It was the first time, as I said, that I listened to Kevin Warren and kind of it was. There were some eye rolling moments. Because you, on one hand, talk about dreaming of all of the great things that you want to accomplish. And let's be honest here. They brought back a coach that's 10 and 24. If you were swinging big, that's not the way you do it. And it was, there were a few of those moments. The biggest news, I think, was the inclusion or the reminder that Chicago is very much in play for the next stadium site. I don't know how much I believe it. I still think that it's a leverage play, and Arlington Heights remains probably the odds-on favorite, but it was intentional, and when he wants to send a message, he knows how to send one strongly. 
This will be a pick six. There's your ball game. There's your ball game. How would you sum up the legacy of Nick Saban? Who is your prediction for Saban's replacement? Nick Saban is the greatest football coach ever. Nick Saban, with his tenure at Alabama and the championships, and you look at you could make the argument that Nick Saban is the greatest football coach ever because of what he accomplished on the high stage. Dustin shaking his head, can't wait for your answer. But he goes, and the, the legacy is that he at least creates that debate and he can make that claim. And Nick Saban retiring did surprise me a little bit. I'm, I'm more surprised by Saban walking away than I am at Bill Belichick parting company with the Patriots. Nick Saban, I thought, still had a little bit in him. He had a quarterback returning and a team that was still you know, competitive. When you look at his success and consistency at Alabama – I dare you to find somebody who was more successful in the game of football, in coaching. So who's his replacement? Dabo was going to be on the list. I'd hire DeBoer from Washington. I would make him, you know, relocate. He's done a great job at Washington. Uh, I would look around and probably interview the best and biggest names in college football, but that's the way I would go. You know, things didn't work out so well in Miami and the NFL for Nick Saban. I mean, on the day that we have Pete Carroll getting fired, the breaking news that we all kind of saw coming, but Bill Belichick, and we're calling Nick Saban the greatest that's ever coached the game of pigskin. Yes. It's a really it's a really interesting debate. But I would say what happened in the NFL with Saban is the reason why I wouldn't give him the ultimate nod. As far as a replacement, you never want to be the guy that replaces the guy. You want to be the guy that replaces the guy that replaced the guy. I think that they will talk to two guys from the Pac-12 that are now Big Ten guys, the head coach of Washington, the head coach of Oregon. Dan Lanning. I think, and also because I want the chaos and I want the story, which I'm surprised, David, you didn't want this story. I think it's got to be an SEC guy. I think it's different there. Okay, the Pac-12, it's not the Big Ten, and it sure isn't the SEC. Lane Kiffin is the next head coach at Alabama. Roll damn time. You know, he he is definitely on the list because obviously he spent time there. Um, Dan Lanning spent time there. Uh, Would D'Amico Ryans leave the NFL for that job? Could he recruit? He spent time there. He played there. I I think that, um, you know, I I think if I were them, I would think about Steve Sarkeesian. He beat him this year, and um, he's got a good program going in Texas. Would he bring uh, maybe an Arch Manning with him to Alabama if that were the case? Uh, I don't know. I I think that you've got to look at people like that, and he'll be, he'll you know, um, an unbelievable story that Nick Saban always goes through like a massive physical every year. His father died at the age of 48 or something, so he always goes through uh, this full physical, and they make their coaches do it. And when Sarkeesian was there, he went through this physical, and they found a heart problem, and he had, like, emergency surgery, and they put in a, a um, you know, a, 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 what's the pacemaker? 
And he's, you know, he believes that his life was saved by that practice. So I, I think there's a really close connection for for Sark after dark. Hmm. But I, I, I mean, if it were me, I, I would choose between Dan Lanning and uh, and uh, and DeBoer. I'd, I would. I'd hire Kalen DeBoer. I would too. He's a program builder. The, the only thing is, there's no connection. Nope. You know, I mean, Lanning has well, been there as a graduate assistant. Saban had say, no connection. It's a great point. I would definitely, I would definitely interview him and talk to him and see if he's interested in my job, and I'd pay him a lot of dough. All right. tied. That is the pick six. We've got uh, a lot to talk about, but we've got the extra point next. It's Mully. It's hard. Chicago Sports Radio, 6 7 score. Roll damn tide. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. So after the dust has settled on nearly two hours of talking Wednesday and, you know, 30 minutes this morning at least uh, during the pick six, and now we're here at the extra point, what do you think it all means for Justin Fields? Who do you think will start a quarterback for the Bears week one of next season? I think Justin Fields heard a lot of things yesterday that were positive in terms of how he handled himself and the progress he's made. I think they were very respectful of Justin Fields and the support that he has in the locker room and in the community and the city of Chicago. You can't ignore that. The fans chanting his name in the final home game and DJ Moore and players coming forward, Montez Sweat, praising his leadership skills and his mental toughness. But I don't think it's I don't think it makes a lot of sense to fire your offensive coordinator, the quarterback's coach with whom he was 
probably as close as anybody in that building because of just the proximity and the, and the job description. I don't think you reject the coaching staff because the offense is broken and then embrace the return of a quarterback who would be playing for his third offensive coordinator in four seasons. It's not fair. The National Football League is not for long, but it's not fair either. And I think that when you look at what's ahead for Justin Fields, it's probably going to be a trade. I, I didn't hear anything yesterday except for the fact that Ryan Poles left open the possibility that there could be some something in the makeup of the of the Caleb Williams he's talking about without naming him. Something in his makeup of the prospect who he would take number one overall to replace Justin Fields, that would get in the way. That would change his mind and would cause him maybe to trade the pick and keep Justin Fields and reinvest. But it's going to be a tricky thing to do and balance to strike because you got to hire an offense coordinator. What's the first question going to be? Who's my quarterback? And I just don't know what the answer is. I don't think it's, I don't think it's Justin Fields, and I think yesterday, to me, convinced people that they're moving on. All right, David, I'm here for you to disagree. Justin Fields is going to be taking a uh, snap from a rookie center next year for the Bears week one. And here's a couple of reasons why. I heard the president, Kevin Warren, say you can't make like drastic decisions when you're as close as we are. And, and like the quarterback, it, that's a big decision. He's the most important guy on your on the field for for you. And if they really think they're close, he also sounded like a guy who wants to win next year. I don't remember many rookie quarterbacks that have helped their team win the very next year. You're keeping if you're going to start with that new quarterback, you need an offensive-minded head coach. Matt Eberflus is not that. So those are the reasons why I believe Justin. Now, that doesn't mean that I think Justin Fields should be coming back, but that's why I believe Justin Fields is coming back. Yeah, I I, um, I know I'm not supposed to say I don't know, but I'm going to say it's down to Caleb Williams or Justin Fields. Uh, I think that it's probably Caleb Williams, but – I mean, the way that you describe the process you're going to go through, um, I hope his agent read that and tells the kid what it is that they're looking for someone that is ultra competitive. They're looking for someone that has the intangibles of Justin Fields, but is a more accurate passer. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for someone who's a good teammate who can – who can win hearts and minds, and who is uh, is going to be a, a leader of men. And they that's what they want. And they got that. They got that in Justin Fields. They just don't have the quarterback play. They have a guy who's an extraordinary athlete who seems to need to play to break down in order to make a play. <laughs> they got the wow quarterback without the consistency. The, the great improviser. Yes. So I think that would – be the reason I'm hesitant about Caleb Williams. I would like to introduce Dustin to the city of Houston, and the Texans have a very good football team down there with a defensive-minded head coach and a rookie quarterback who's playing a playoff game this weekend. So it can be done, Dustin, and it has been done this season. I'm just saying. 
that's a that's a that's a strong example to ignore when considering what the Bears are looking at if they do draft Caleb Williams and they come back with a good defense. I think that would be the model that they would want to copy. There are a lot of rookies at the center position that can make an immediate impact. That is not a position that you need to I, – I mean – just because there was a rookie quarterback doesn't mean there can't be a rookie center. Thank you. You need to upgrade both those positions, quite frankly. That would be really cool. I I think that's what we heard from the head coach. So that's kind of interesting. All right, we got to get to uh, we got to get to the phone lines. We got a lot of people want to check in. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Interested in your takeaway from what you heard yesterday. You don't have to sit through all of it to understand they said a few things that were very interesting. So what jumped out to you? 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Harm score. What are you going to do for these four different types of quarterbacks? I want to hear that, and I think it's really important to see the versatility and the adaptability in their in their um, their teaching and the, the way they implement a plan, scheme, adjust. Um, I think it actually makes it pretty dynamic in terms of the interview process. Molly and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score. Interesting, interesting. Four different type of quarterbacks. Is he talking about the draft prospects in the first round? No, I think he's talking about – I'll run them through. Okay. This is what I think. I think he's talking about Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I think he's talking about Tyson Bagent. I think he's talking about Caleb Williams and probably Drake May. Okay. So I think it has to do not with four quarterbacks they might take, but with – the two guys they have already, and maybe the two guys that could go number one. It was a faux pas because Courtney Cronin followed up and oh, asked him specifically about that, yes. and he did not think that he said that, and then he said he misspoke. So if we go with – because I think it's, I've heard it maybe tried to be interpreted to a couple of different ways, but if, if you're looking at those four, that's the way the Bears are approaching this offseason. I don't know where Bajan fits in except for as a backup to whoever is the starter. I, I just think it's yeah. a different type of quarterback. I, I don't think he fits in as a potential starter. He's, he's your Brock Purdy. He's your game he's, manager. He's a different yeah. type of quarterback. I think that's what he's talking Justin about. Justin Fields is, is, is a different type is, of quarterback. Is your running-oriented, yes. highlight-reel uh, right. game-breaker. breakdown. And Caleb Williams. He's your elite talent. He's your Joe Burrow. He's your Andrew Luck. He's the and, guy that elevates everybody else. And Drake May is the prototype guy. He's a prototype. He's Justin all, Herbert. He's he's, he, yeah. he's the guy that if he pans out and lives up to his expectations is going to be special as well. You think I'm wrong? No. I'm, I I don't know that I mean, anybody can say four, anybody's it could, wrong. It could be the LSU quarterback. It, 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 it when I heard be, four as well, my, my mind right. when I heard it said four, I, I thought May – Caleb Williams, uh, Jaden Daniels, and yeah. Michael Penix Jr. Yeah, that, those are those are also four. But then I thought, what about JJ McCarthy? Yeah, well, I thought I, you know, I mean, that's a possibility too. But I, I think that for either way, it, that's his mindset. And either way, you know that he's going to be looking that position uh, and and considering an upgrade or considering bringing Justin Fields back because of intangibles more than anything. Um, and, and we have a texter, where was Bajan when Fields sat out of play? He was ill. He was on the injury list. Uh, with, he was sick all week, and they ended up having um, uh, Peterman 
who is a different type of quarterback too, and that's a joke. Yeah, he's a hail mary quarterback. Yeah, that's right. They had he's the victory formation. <laughs> they had uh, they had Bajent come in for that one play. All right, three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We'll start with Zach. Zach's in Wilmette. Hey, Zach. Nice. I got a question for you. Why, if Ryan Poltz thought that Justin Fields was a franchise quarterback, did he allow his offensive coordinator to destroy him for two years? He should have gone out the door with him. He said he spoke to Eberflus every day. You know, he spoke to him every day. He never said a word about the way he was calling the game, about that he should have thrown the ball downfield more or he should have got out of the pocket. There's something wrong with the whole – that's why I believe that Ryan Pulse does not think that Justin Fields is his quarterback. Okay, Zach. Thanks, Zach. I, I, I won't argue with that. I think, though – that you gotta, I mean, you gotta ask yourself who hired, who hired the the offensive coordinator to work with Justin Fields? If it, was that Flusi? If he's the guy who made that hire, then how did how did? I'm wondering why he wasn't asked specifically. What was it that you liked about him when you hired the first time, and how do you avoid that the next time? Yeah, I think they talked about that in a variation of ways, and they talked around it a little bit. Right. Look, when you're coming into a situation, uh, especially as a new regime, you're seeing the best in everybody you hire, and you're you're projecting in a way that uh, that, that includes a lot of potential because you don't have any production to base it on. Luke Getze was a first-time play caller. I think you want to avoid that moving forward. I don't think you want to hire somebody in here to work with whoever the quarterback is who hasn't done the job before. Let's try uh, Ryan. Ryan is on the road. Hey, Ryan. Morning, guys. Morning. Well, I feel bad for Fields. The reason I feel bad for him because this is, what, his third, fourth uh, offense coordinator? He has to learn a whole new system all over again? And do you know what? He's going to have to do it either way because I don't think wherever he's traded, if he stays, there's obviously a new one. If he's traded, that's a new one, too. I don't think anyone's hiring uh, – <sighs> Uh, Getsy to work with uh, Justin Fields. No, I don't think so. And I do think that's part of the equation. I don't think that that necessarily – there are quarterbacks that overcome these kinds of things. Justin Fields just to this point hasn't been able to. Don's on the west side. Always good to talk to Don. Hey, Don. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I heard a lot of things yesterday, and uh, I just think that it's a lot of speculation that as far as what they're trying to create speculation, you know, um, I hear Kevin Warren say he's impatiently patient, that they have time and not a lot of them. So that's technically saying win now. You know, Matt Eberflus, he, you know, he can't really hide his hand for nothing. But, you know, it was funny trying to, you know, watch him do it. But I think he's a, a staunch su- a supporter of Fields, even though he's keeping the door open for a draft pick. And then Poles let it slip that he's looking at four quarterbacks. So, you know, if Justin Fields is one of those or if they all in the draft, who knows. But I just think that um, – you know, like as you just said, Fields will have to learn a new offense regardless. So I don't think that him having a better coordinator really factors in. I just believe that okay, if you if you feel as though you have a generational talent, you better be sure because you know you can still, you can situate this team forever with all the draft capital that you would get with the, with the uh, salary cap and everything. But I'm I understand you know the decision that has to be made, but I just want them to get it right. So if it, if it makes the Bears better, then go ahead. But you can also make them worse if you make a mistake and let let the guy go. Thanks, Don. Yeah, that's, that's what makes it a stuff. great debate. Yeah, 
Molly, one paragraph I can't get past with Jason Leisure in the, in the Sun-Times this morning. Keep coming back to it. Among the 29 quarterbacks who threw at least 300 passes this year, Justin Fields finished 27th in completion percentage, 22nd in yards passing, 20th in touchdown passes, 11th in interceptions, and 20th in passer rating. That includes a lot, a lot of extenuating circumstances, but that's not good enough. No, it's not good enough. That's not good enough. Listen, 7 and 10 is not good enough. Okay, thanks. I'm just saying. That, that it is like you could look. I mean, we heard Flosey again. You know, again, the Bears do a great job of defending losing. The, great, the Bears act like they've had victories when they're losing. To, to brag about everything that happened on defense is great. I mean, it, it, a lot of that is true. But we also watched the last game of the year. And they can't match up with their biggest rival. They can't. And it was an arse kicking, frankly. Both sides of the line. Both of sides of the ball. Both lines of scrimmage. Yes. And at the skill position as well. So leave the tag on your bag and start trying to build a team that can beat that group. I think that's a good slogan. Leave the tag on your bag. <laughs> Bears football 2024. All right. We've got to uh we've got to get to our guy Brad Biggs. We're going to talk uh to Big Z, find out. His thinking after listening to the Bears yesterday, and I also want to know how different he thinks it is from the many varied news conferences that he's heard over the years. So we'll uh, we'll get to Big Z, and then we're getting right back to your phone calls. It's Molly and Hall on the score. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. 
Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.